Socialers and this is Make It Real and in today's episode we're going to look at picking up the phone and having a conversation. Old school. Does it fill you with fear? Do you think you're going to be too salesy? Would you much rather hide behind a Zoom screen or a text or an email? Well, let's completely shake up your attitude towards having phone conversations because I have a fabulous guest who has so much experience. Wendy Harris calls herself the queen of conversation and she shares what making great first impressions, starting impactful conversations and growing lasting relationships will do for your business. Real practical tips here. You're going to love this episode and you might end up, who knows, picking up the phone. So I'm going to say hello to my guest who is up north. Yet again, I have been forced to actually go onto Google Maps to check where this person lives because, <laughs> you know, I'm a southerner, listeners, you know that. But um, say hello, Wendy. <laughs> hello, Wendy. I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Wendy Harris, it is a delight to have you. Um, obviously, being connected with you via the wonders of LinkedIn, and um, but now now we're actually almost like we're in the same room. But but yes, you are up north, and I'm south. So I'm amazed that we can hear each other. Technology these days, you know, know. we've come a long way since the fax machine. <laughs> Now, on that, you've taken, you whizzed me back immediately, Wendy. And in many ways, what we're going to talk about around this idea of actually having a phone conversation, even when I wrote down on my notepad, I wrote telephone conversation. And I thought, oh, it's not really a, it's not really a telephone anymore, is it? I mean, it's a mobile. And does anybody even use the word telephone? Yeah, yes. Um, goodness. It is it is a tool that you can be used for lots and lots of things now. That's that's for sure. But yeah, people still have, you know, a handset and a corded wire on their desks. It's amazing. Um, the trick is learning how to get them to pick it up and actually speak to you. <laughs> I, I, it's really funny because I do go back a long way and I was a secretary for a, a while I was working in advertising agencies also back in the 80s and it, it, we got really confused when all those fancy telephones came in with all the button things and not dials and then extra things like voicemails and you know really auto attendance <laughs> and yes 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 um, absolutely and you could mute and it was it was extraordinary to and 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 it just shows we've come a long way but have we wendy come a long way when it comes to our human behavior and really having those phone conversations i suspect not no i think we've gone backwards if anything um going back to when i first started picking up the phone when i was 17 1988 that you'd listen and the phone would actually make a clicking noise for every number that you pressed. So a certain amount of clicks per number. So before it was even connected, you could tell if you'd misdialed because you were double checking yourself. 
I think back then there was um, certainly a different openness to answering the phone to do the job. Everybody was there to do a job. And the manners, people's manners, they made such a difference. Whereas I think with the world speeding up and technology speeding up and our conversations speeding up, there's been an element of aggression that's kind of filtered into those conversations and frustration that has stopped us wanting to take on those new conversations because the approach and attitude has really been eroded. That's a really interesting perspective. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right, yeah. Because we did, we had certain sort of, yeah, you're right, etiquette, manners. They, 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 nobody really even thought twice about it. It was just, oh my gosh, what a great way to start this conversation. So you just said approach, attitude. And in fact, we, we had these three words that you came up with. You didn't come up with these words. <laughs> no, I, 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 can't, I can't profess to go back that far in time to have thought of these words although I know you're very into <laughs> words but let's let's be real about this but I love the way you've you've picked them out A approach attitude assumptions and all those three things are going to be part of how we get over our various weirdnesses about phone conversations so my I, I'm going to posit a theory here Wendy it may we'll just fly it out there and see what the listeners think because we've got all this choice about the way we communicate, because we've got a sort of barrier to hide behind in a way where we think, well, I've put lots of lovely posts out and I've posted every day on LinkedIn and I'm even on Instagram now and this and that and the other and I've got Canva sorted and I make really creative little things and dee 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 dee. Um, and there's this missing bit, which if we're not careful, we can completely forget about it existence and that's connection. the human conversation yeah the connection that you need to have and okay let, let's get really to the point listeners like podcasting like to tune in because they can really hear how much we care so when it comes to making a telephone call we've got to care. When we receive a telephone call, we have to hear that they care, which is why we have those seven seconds to make that impression. So your approach has to be really, really nailed. Yeah, now that, yeah, that, and that, I love the way you've put that. We, we have to care and they can hear whether you care. I mean, that's the thing you can, you can fake it a bit with your, with your various writing Smile things. Smile while you dial. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely that. Oh yes. But so there we go before we even let's start from, well, let, let's really start from basics. Why would we pick up the phone as opposed to do these other things? Let's say that you have seen somebody on social media that you follow, for example, and you've been able to identify through the content 
and what they're talking about, that they're looking for something that you can fill that gap. And you may comment on their posts and you may, you know, which is kind of a little way of waving a flag and going, hey, look at me. But honestly, if you're stuck with something, you'll have that conversation. But until somebody's that direct, how much headspace when they're stuck will they have to join the dots and go, oh, well, they do that. I would they know that? Can they? That's the assumption that people make when they comment is that they're going to know that I can help them. Wow, that is an assumption that I bet we're all making quite a lot. Yes. And of course, we're all holding back because it's not the way we do it these days. We're holding back from saying anything too direct that might be seen as pushy, salesy. We're Brits. We're Brits, Tricia. So we've seen the films like um, Wolf on Wolf Street, you know, how aggressive they are. And, you know, it's all money, 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 money driven. It's not the driver, usually. The driver where it works really well is that you want to be helpful. If you can reach out and help them, it begins to be a win-win because it'll help you too if they choose you. So it's making what, yeah. the point. Why would they choose you? Is because you're the only one that's actually helped them. So do you, yes, absolutely. So do you start then? So say we've got, we're, we're, we'll create a situation. So we've been following this person on social media, let's say LinkedIn, and they, um, we, we, we're it feels obvious that we should be more connected because there's either we're sensing, do you know what? this person keeps posting about stuff that I think I could really help with, or they could help me, whatever it is, or just, I feel like I've got a lot in common with this person. It's just nice to go that further step and feel I know them a bit more. Now I have a brilliant, as do you, a brilliant um, excuse um, to do that because of having a podcast. So, and your podcast like mine is about conversation. And so, you know, it's, we, we really do have a sort of way of getting to know somebody a bit better but assuming you haven't got that then I guess the next step is you thinking oh should I suggest I mean we've got the whole virtual cup of thing haven't we we've got that going on so we've got a little button you can press on someone's website or whatever oh just just book a virtual just dm me to book a, but we're still hiding a little bit behind that because we're still not making that next move to actually think um, why don't I have a conversation on the phone with this person? And I think that when it happens to me, um, obviously, if not if it's the wrong kind of conversation, but when somebody just picks up the phone and says, you know, I was going to send you an email, I was going to, and I thought, why don't I just, why don't I just pick up the phone? So I, much e- I like easier, it. isn't it? Yeah, so much easier than that, than that ping tennis that you get. Um, well, look, you know, virtual coffees have got their place and certainly people will book for me and and I'll and and if people are coming to me, I will sort of sit and think, well, who's in who's in the driving seat? What's the agenda? I don't know the agenda because the other person has booked it. So so a lot of things creep in like hidden agendas. Do you not find? So. <laughs> 
my approach has always been look you just never know where a conversation will lead if I can't help you I might know somebody that that at some point can help you you will then know me a little bit better and be able to to maybe signpost somebody to me and vice versa and you know it, it, I think I say this on my profile it's not what you know and it's not who you know either it's actually what you know about them Mm, and I you like gain that. that through the conversation and that has to have an agenda it's what you know about them yeah I like that I like that um right agenda did you say it has to have an agenda you, you've got to have an agenda or yes. you're just going to meet for a coffee and it's just going to be an, an idle chat exactly so how do you come up with an agenda that then doesn't feel too um you know uh, like it might slip into that um sales mode yeah <laughs> dead easy you know you you're honest for a start so you would introduce yourself you know for example when i'm wendy i'm, I'm calling from making conversations count i'm a telemarketing expert we do a lot of outbound calls for companies. But before I tell you about us, I'd like to understand whether that's something that you're using or doing. Have you tried it? How has that felt for you in your business? Mm. It's about them first and foremost. Absolutely with you on the theory. And I suspect you do it extremely well because of all your countless decades of experience yes. um but i'm now thinking right for some for someone i don't i made you sound like you were 100 that you know countless decades okay you've doubled it old woman of telephone you know before the telephone was invented no but you really do you will have you will have really worked on this obviously because you train people on it as well but i say i now before i've even picked up the phone i'm now preloading um i'm now thinking oh they'll probably say something like oh, i i really haven't got the time i'm i'm really oh that's no, okay sorry. i'll be as quick as i can okay <laughs> <laughs> you've got an answer i can tell how about this one then how about oh i i you'll ha you'll have to book in if this is a sales call that's fine tell me how to do that okay more than happy to do that and talk to you at the right time uh, and and to be fair with you Tricia a lot of what I teach is not about trying to win somebody over that first time and this is kind of where it all sort of it becomes like the the accordion that the, the squeeze box that goes in and, and you've got to go from first contact to money in the bank in five minutes and it really doesn't work like that it could take months and years i've had clients i worked for a decade ago that still get calls for wendy mm. and it, it's timing so as much as anything you know that opener of i'd like to introduce what i do and how i help people but first i'd like to understand where you are with that because it, it's always going to be about timing they could be under a contract it could be that it's, you know, the boss's best friend. You know, you're not going to win every single situation.
But if you can understand that, it's the difference between yes, no, not yet. Oh. And it's the not yet that you're getting to because it's about that first impression. So this first impression, as you rightly say, of course, you know that it's a very, we're talking seconds. Okay, so give us a few things, uh, give us a few sort of, this is what will completely wreck those seven seconds. Go on, give it to us. Hello, my name is Wendy. (laughs) (sighs) Calling from making conversations count like I care. Energy, I think, is what we're talking about here. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Because it's what I said in in the beginning, isn't it? It, It's what you hear. We we have, you know, our ears are great instruments. Um, They're finely tuned to be able to pick up any kind of BS. My my left ear in particular that has, you know, housed a headset for many, many years. Goodness me, I have to sleep on that so that I don't hear the cat in the night because it is that in tune. That the other one actually is a bit deaf because all of my effort is in my left ear. So, you know, that's the science behind it is that if you open your ears and and literally listen, which is why I mean, recently I've been talking about listening back to your conversations, if you can, Mm. because you'll hear those ums, the ahs, the pauses, the non-linking words that you don't really need to use. I, I, I love that advice. And I mean, certainly everything you've just said there about you know I mean for instance in my background as an actor I might be doing a play I I don't think I've ever done one hundreds of times but I could be doing a two or three week run of the same play the same part the same works and every time I get up on that stage it has to be fresh you know so it's the same I know about this you know, often we do little warm-up exercises. Um, you talked about smile when you dial, you know, that, that making sure that's there, internalised, really there before you even... It's the same with videos, isn't it? I mean, say so if you're going to... Yeah. If you're going to press... I mean, often it, if you press record, that's fine if you're going to edit it afterwards anyway. So you can actually spend 30 seconds sort of preening a bit and think, right, smile. Pull my hat down a bit more. Yeah, uh, here I am. This is it. But obviously, if you are going live, you need to have done that bit before so that, you know, so it's all there welcoming. People go onto Zoom calls and they forget that immediately your video is there and you're in the room. That's that's your first impression. You haven't got time to look miserable and then pretend that you're not miserable um, because it sort of creates a barrier of distrust, really, because you think, well, I don't know who I'm talking to now. Is this is this all an act? You know, so. So anyway, I love this energy, energy, energy. Now you mention the famous ums and ers, and I agree the process of listening back to yourself or looking back is absolute gold dust. But what do we do if we hear ourselves saying um and uh? Because I, I guess, I mean, number one, what, what's the problem with saying um, um and er? Uh? And number two, what are your tips on um, ironing that one out a bit? 
two things, and I hope I remember both of them, is that the ums and ahs tends to come because you don't have confidence and authority in what it is that you're saying. And the second one is that you need to, to just have a conscious awareness of yourself. So when you combine those two things, what I would say is when you're trying something new, it does take that bit of effort to kind of like shoulders back, sit up in the chair, get yourself prepared. But then if it's something that you are so passionate about, if certainly if it's your own business, you shouldn't have to be second guessing what it is that you've got to say. You've just got to follow a loose framework of the structure of the call to make sure that you're leading them and taking them with you so that you get to the outcome that you want, which is to just understand, introduce yourself, understand where they are and to have qualified that it's a good fit. That's that's the only thing that, that you need to be doing on that first call. Then you go into other stages of customer service and account management and and the, and the keeping that no like and trust intact because you're going to do all the things that you've said that you're going to do. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. So I like this so far we've got. So are we talking about writing almost a, a little mini script or are we talking about just committing this to memory this this idea of where where you're going you know the structure of the conversation so that there's a little bit of an agenda yeah I mean some some of the clients that I work with have got GDPR that they need to make sure is included in the conversation before they start to disclose information on accounts and things like that 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 can be difficult but there is ways of including that in the conversation without it being too onerous, too much of a yawn of a process. So it's about finding those softer routes to it. So, you know, even if you've got GDPR, you say, hello, am I speaking to the right person? I'd like to introduce myself. This is this is what we do. How do you do things? Oh, and if you'd like to discuss anything more and it's a GDPR, then that tags on. But there's four things. It's not rocket science. No, no, it's not rocket science. So have you any idea why we get so weirded out about these making these calls? I mean, even and I'm not even talking about, you know, anything that is remotely a sales call. I'm talking about simply looking at our phones in terms of what they used to be which was a phone where you just simply got to talk to somebody when you dialed a number and regaining that sense of this is another tool that I have um, in order to connect with people and build relationships why what do you think it is that is stopping that being I mean obviously this won't apply to everybody there'll be people out there but they no, probably won't be listening to this podcast but there will be people who absolutely immediately go to the phone it's their first port of call they don't want to do any social media or anything they think that's rubbish no I'm all about the phone fine 
But I know a lot of people are not like that and have slightly sidelined, well, very much actually sidelined the phone as its original usage, which was to phone. What, what do you think it is that is behind that? Is it, it's a kind of fear, isn't it? It's absolutely fear and rejection. Mm. And it's, it's a lot of what, what you allow yourself to absorb from the people that have experienced it. And let's face it, if you're going to be experiencing bad calls and approaches, it gets a bad reputation. Um, if you've tried it yourself and you've only made five calls and it didn't work, come, come on, get real. Did you really expect it to after five? <laughs> so it's, you know, it's a little bit of, there are so many boxes. We, we, we've created all of these different personality types, introverts, extroverts, um, don't like to be inter in interrupted, you know. Um, but of course, it's our choice to answer the phone. And there's so many people I speak to that just, that, that don't leave a message because it's not answered. And I'd say this to you, Tricia, if your phone rings and you don't know the number, right? you're going to let it go to answer phone because you want to check if it is a sales call or not. So if you don't leave a message and then you try again, you don't leave a message. What kind of message is that sending to the person that you're trying to reach? They're going to go, no, that's definitely a sales call. I now know that's a sales call because Absolutely. they've not said anything. Absolutely. And that's that's exactly how I would react. So you're leaving this message. Now, the problem um, and this is because when this whole voice answer phone thing first came in, because, yes, as I say, I go back that far. Um, no, you knew what to do with it. It was so weird. But now, of course, we're very used used to the idea, but we could still get a bit muddly with it, because what can happen is you're either too curt um or you ramble uh yeah mm, I see what yeah I know what you're saying it and, and for me it's very clear that it, you leave a message and you want those first seven seconds still to really hit home even if it's the machine that's listening initially because when that human answers and listens you want them to immediately drop any kind of guard that they have around what that calls about so hi it's Wendy from making conversations count it was nothing urgent honestly I just wanted to catch you for a quick chat I'll try again here's my number just in case okay right so they can look up that number that's what I do I google the number and who is it and I go oh, okay uh-huh uh-huh yeah noted but because it's not aggressive it's friendly it's approachable sounds kind of fun as well i might actually get something out of this as, a, as an element of curiosity I'm more likely to answer the phone even if it's just to nicely tell you to go away 
Absolutely. I, I love that. That was really, really simple. No rambling, no sort of here would here, here maybe would be the bad version. I'll, I'll role play it for you, Wendy. Um, so it would be I'm leaving a message now on this. this uh, hi. So um, don't, don't worry uh, if you I'm sorry. Sorry, I missed you. Um, my name is Trisha Lewis. I'm just calling because it occurred to me that you might be interested in what I do, but obviously um, it'd be good to have a proper conversation. Um, if there's a good time, let, let me know if it's, if there's a good time to call, um, that would be, that would be really good because I don't want to pest you. Um, look forward to speaking to you. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the other thing about cold calling is when you set your mind up, it's got all the elements of the things that you want to say, but then in, in being able to say them succinctly enough does take a bit of repetition and habit to really nail it, to get it down to something more like a, you know, 15, 20 second message, which is all you really need. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Less is more. And you're right. That kind of, drawing them in the, the sort of curiosity factor of it if you've got the war if you've got a warm friendly voice um but not you know and again that's a balance because you, you you want to sound sort of you know you're a business person you're not just you know gonna sit around having cake together but you you sort of have that balance of the warmth in your voice as well and um what you're really doing is tempting them to either phone back or at least pick up the phone, as you say, the next time they see that number. I mean, that's just so simple when you put it like that. Well, the own the onus is not on the person to ring you back. It's, no. That's not their job. Your job is to make sure that you reach them again. Here's a question. I just occurred to me when you were talking. If 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 I missed a call from somebody and I googled their number, is it likely to show up on Google? and take me quite quickly to, to a website of that person. I, I mean, in other words, does the phone, if you've got your phone number on your website, does it link in to the extent that if I were just to Google the number, it wouldn't take me long to see, oh, Wendy Harris making conversations at whatever training, or there's her website? Should do, yes. It's quite interesting, isn't it? I'd never thought yes. of it as being a sort of interesting little... Um, extra link in the in the journey of connection so this is good so we we've sort of got attitude approach when you talk about assumptions just expand that one a bit I think the assumptions are oh it's not going to work because people are too busy it's the excuses that we put in our own way um oh well you know how how am I gonna fit that into my day they're not how how best, you know, it's all these, oh, well, somebody else said that they tried it. So, you know, if that if that's the case, it's got to be true for everybody. And and the truth is that it's different for everybody. And we're all individuals. We're all unique. And we all have this thing about, you know, it's like we talking just before we, we came on the show, Tricia, about personal branding. We we don't want to do it the same as everybody else, but we've got to find the right way for us. And if you don't try it and give it a good go, then of course the assumption is that it's going to be wrong because you're not going to do it. 
Exactly. You don't even give yourself a chance. You don't you don't even give them a chance to say no. I mean, that's just <laughs> daft when you think. Now, talking about I, I sense of humour, um, that presumably is quite a good thing to sort of um, nurture in yourself, because along the whole of this journey we have as small business owners, whatever, entrepreneurs, we 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 have to have a sense of humor because rubbish stuff happens. Now I have read a bit about you, and um, it, it's obvious that you do have a sense of humor. But it's also <laughs> clear that your you know your, your background story, shall we say, um, from being a little girl, um, meant that probably you needed to cultivate a sense of humor because it wasn't like sort of all free-flowing rainbows and unicorns was it Wendy so that's presumably part of what you bring to what you do now is is that sort of well grit you use the word grit um and resilience but you're not but that's not the same as a sort of defensive aggressiveness and and there's funny where there's that sort of balance between the two Am I talking any sense, Wendy? You are. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like there was a statement there rather than a question. So yes. I was looking for the question. Um, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I'll say to a lot of the, um, the people that I work with that are on the phone and there can be pregnant pauses, you know, they'll say, well, I don't know how to speak to the gatekeeper. I hate that term with an absolute passion because they're doing a really good job for their boss. So you've got to do a better job. It's kind of my attitude. And, you know, it's like, when you get through to people they can be the ones that can really help you and you know oh so, so and so is like, oh no um Miss, mr smith is on holiday at the moment oh is he where's he gone anywhere glamorous and it's that differential that makes you stand out and because of that warmth in your approach and the personality that you allow into your conversation that means that when you ring back you go oh hello it's me again you know back from that glamorous trip it, it it's it's like sowing seeds or pulling on triggers to be memorable and of course that's what we want is we want to be able to to stand out from the crowd mm. for them to help us and go do you know I think you ought to take this call because she seems all right yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It, and, and, and part of that has to be obviously that you're being, as I say being yourself, but obviously, you know, as well as I do, Wendy, that that, that is also, um, you know, a, a consciously tweaked, as I put it, version of yourself, because you can't just pick up the phone when you're feeling tired, saying, oh, hi. Oh, whatever, whatever. I had a bit of a rubbish day, but anyway, I thought. I mean, you are obviously going to tweak your you-ness um, according to the person you're speaking to, what you're going to speak about, the day, the mood, the time of year, what's going on in the world, and and everything has to sort of come into that mix. But ultimately, you're not putting on a different voice, or I mean, back in the day, of course, everyone. Oh, no, Mrs. Bouquet. Yeah. No, Mrs. Bouquet. And and no, I'd say be as close to your be as close to yourself as possible. Because it 
in actual fact, when it comes to that energy that we have to bring on the phone in, in the conversation, it can be quite exhausting if you're having to sit up 50, 60. Some people have to do 100 dials a day. You know, could you imagine having to sit up straight and bring that energy that many times in a day? So the closer you are to yourself in having it nailed in as a process and a framework, the less energy it is. And if you're using good energy, it doesn't actually leave you exhausted at the end of the day, which is why certain people just don't get on with it. So if that's you, do less. Just mm. do the ones that really matter. I love that because that is it's a really great thing to get your head around what you just said Wendy is that the closer you are to being as much of you as you can be the less exhausting it is that is that is pretty much at the core of my message really because I I spotted it I used to so I used to do a lot of things where I had to be on a stage or whatever and sometimes it also involved after dinner speaking or the equivalent so I had to do that socializing bit and I could find myself feeling quite awkward in the socializing bit the bit on the stage was my comfort zone we all have our comfort zone socializing bit yeah oh god I gotta make conversation and I just stopped myself at a certain stage I said what what are you doing you're getting you're getting back from these events exhausted and it's it's almost like you've got through this day and you've survived as opposed to you've thrived. It's been there. You've been present in it. It's great. So you've done what you've done really well. That's not about, that's not what we're talking about here, but it's the energy that it's taken you because of all the bits where you were, I don't know, too self-conscious, um, you know, and just knowing that you were slightly misaligned and thinking, dare I, dare I be a bit more me? And the relief when when that comes through and of course it's the same on the phone as in every other conversational scenario yeah the phone is a mask much the same as your keyboard it, it's a way for you to you know on the phone there's the only thing that you let loose is your voice on the keyboard it's the way that you word things you know, on, on video, there is a certain amount, you know, I could actually be river dancing underneath the table right now. You can't see my legs. I'm not because it's quite late in the day. And, you know, I did that <laughs> earlier. But it, it, it's it, it, this is kind of where um, when when people say about introversion and extroversion, it's energy to me. Um, a lot of people have wagged their finger at me and gone, Wendy, you're a real extrovert. Do you know what I'm not a lot of the time? It's it's that, you know, I I really enjoy what I do. So that's where my energy is spent. And I save that energy for then come the evening time and the the, the wifey duties, the mumsy duties are all done. Oh, I'm a cabbage on the sofa. I don't want to answer the phone. I don't want to speak to anybody. I really have no conversation left. I've given my all in the day. But I have got a smile on my face and that's the difference. And it's taking those times to recharge your batteries so that you can go and do it again. And it's the same as anything that you do when it's new. It takes just that little bit more out of you until you get good. 
Perfectly expressed. I love that. And I too can be a cabbage on the sofa. That's great. It's great. <laughs> um, so this is fabulous. And we could we could delve into so many areas of this, but I want to let you go and be a cabbage. <laughs> Do your duties first. Um, yeah, I love that. So um, so I so I won't delve anymore at the moment, but for those of us who aren't needing to do hundreds of calls a day who aren't in a telemarketing situation or anything like that but who simply do like all of us in business need to be reaching maybe beyond our comfort zone a little bit beyond our friend zone in LinkedIn world um, shall we say and be a little bit braver about doing that and using a tool that we're perhaps under utilizing the phone um, any are there any sort of, you know, little, I hate, I hate to say top tips. I don't like that expression. Um, <laughs> is there anything that you can say to our listeners that might just give them a nice little fresh perspective on it that could just at least tip them into giving it a go? Couple of things and of, of real nuggets that have been game changers for lots of people in that situation. The first one is use the voice notes on LinkedIn. Send a voice note instead of what appears to be a salesy text that says thank you for connecting. Just say thank you. That will connect with them. That starts the journey. Secondly, picking up the phone I've got a feeling that everybody ought to have, and if you haven't, go and do it now. You know, <laughs> scared. A, a top 10 list of people you really want to work with, right? And if it's so scary, just do one a day for 10 days. And I bet you by the end of 20 days, you'll have reached some of them because you'll have to try again. At the end of that month, you will have an idea of how you're going to be received that hopefully will fill your bucket up or your glass half full up for you to be encouraged to do two a day, five a day. That's All of this. that is in my, is in my book. That was going to be my next question. So tell, tell listeners about your book. So the book was written um, in 2020, that year that it didn't happen. And it was my way of being able to reach as many people as possible with the content that I was putting into the workshops that I was delivering face to face. So I took all of those exercises and just threw them into the book um, in, a, in a hope that it would be affordable for them to be able to have the confidence to pick up the phone, to get those introductions, to start building those relationships, to start understanding their audience and to do business with people and be open it. about doing business. Hold, hold the book up to the camera, please. Thank you. This is my author's coffee. This is the one that- Hold um, it still. There we go. Oh, good. It's back to front. Uh, making, I can read. Making Conversations Count. 
by Wendy Harris. And um, it's got a bright blue cover and red thing. If you're listening, just go. Where, where would they go? Amazon? Or? Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's on okay. Amazon. It's uh, Kindle version is $1.99. No excuse. And it, I, I did it as an offer. And then I just thought, no, it can stay there. Um, if you buy the paperback version, it's $12.99, I think. Mm-hmm. And there is space in the text for you to write in it. Mm. You can make the, this book your own. You can go back to it and reread it. It'll take you about an hour and 20, an hour and 30 minutes. And you can literally do a bit at a time and build yourself up and very quickly be having lots of conversations. I love it. And people connecting with you, um, I mean, obviously you've got your website, you've got, where, where do you like, LinkedIn? Yeah, I, I find myself like a rash on all of social media these days, purely because of the podcast. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn is kind of where I hang out. Um, uh, I dabble at other things, but don't expect me to be too quick on them. But of course, what I would say is you can always pick up the phone to me oh that's genius I can't believe it I just whoa it's as oh my god Wendy that is absolutely mind-blowing um you you'll get just imagine if you got all my listeners phoning you up that would be you know like four calls in a week or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's one more than my show <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it um absolutely brilliant I I literally will let you go now but I will put all these links in the show notes obviously and uh, there are some absolute gems in there there really are and you, you you've almost got me going I might I might do it I might do that top 10 list thing I'm gonna ha- hold you accountable <gasps> now Trisha I want to know how you get on <laughs> okay, oh God, it's recorded and everything there's evidence okay i'll get the police investigating this <laughs> right before i get, before we go down that line of conversation i will wrap it up and say thank you ever so much wendy harris that has been a delight thank you for inviting me trisha it's been brilliant your challenge is to start using the voice message thingy on LinkedIn. Okay, instead of leaving a text message to somebody, just go on your mobile and use that little microphone graphic that's to one side of the text box. Put your finger on it, press it down. Don't go for longer than about 50 seconds, otherwise it'll cut off. You can do another voice message, but the limit is 60 seconds, so keep it within that. But It's just another way of communicating and it's one step further to feeling like a phone conversation. So if you want to know when the next episode is out and get a fortnightly challenge, sign up to my The Unsquashed Entrepreneur email and the link is in the show notes. Also, please subscribe to this podcast on your favourite platform and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on LinkedIn at Trisha Lewis Talk. Thanks for listening.